You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, King Kong. How are you? Good, man. Hey, happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, and thank you so much for being on the show. I got to listen to you a little bit at Family Mastermind and talked a little bit offline with myself and Nick Costco for a few minutes and definitely interested in what you're doing and how you're helping people and serving the community. And so just to get started, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you're doing? Sure. Well, before I start, I want to say, Jim, dude, I appreciate it. It's an honor to sit here and do this with you. And I got to say this, but first off, before I say this, I got to say no homo, man. But you got beautiful blue eyes, bro. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. So, you know, so let me show So my story of how I went from zero to now making $350,000 a month. Basically, you know, I was born and raised in Vietnam. I grew up in a mud hut, dirt poor. I used to catch frogs for dinner. I'm blessed and fortunate enough to be able to come to America at the age of nine. Drop out of high school when I was 17. I just knew that school wasn't for me, Jim. All I wanted to do is make money, man. Yeah. And in, all, all they do is teach me nonsense in class. Like, I don't need to learn about Jupiter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. So I drop out of high school when I was 17. Obviously, you know, Asian parents, my mom and dad were very, very upset. and They're very sad. And, you know, their whole entire goal was to bring me to America so I can, you know, can graduate from high school, go to college, get a degree, you know, become a doctor. You know, like just the typical. Yeah. But, it, but I just knew that it wasn't for me. I just didn't want to waste the next four to eight years knowing that even if I graduated, I'm not going to pursue college. Yep. And I see people with high school diploma that comes out and still go work at a regular J-O the B. And I said, dude, why do I need a diploma? So anyways, Jim, I met the wife at the age of 18, moving to this little shed behind a mobile home park. I uh, got my first J-O the B, man. I was making $8.50 an hour. And all I wanted, Jim, was just to make $15 an hour, and I would be extremely happy. Yeah. And, you know, Lon and I, we live in that little shed from 18 until we're 23. You know, everything was, we safe. We basically live extremely fru- uh, frugal, and uh, we pretty much save every single dollar. I remember being so sick, Jim, I still had, I still crawl into work because I wanted to save the sick leave. I wanted to save the vacation because that's extra money. Instead of using it, Lon and I was just saving it, right? Mm-hmm. So I bought my first house at, at the age of 23. Um, got into real estate at the age of 27. I'd start out with the whole fix and flip. Did that for four and a half years. And I almost went bankrupt and lost everything. And one, the lesson I learned from that was I was trying to grow too fast, too quick. Because I was so new into the game. I was trying to learn everything. But then I, always, I was also trying to run, competing with other investors in the game. Four and a half years goes by, man. I just couldn't leverage anymore, and I discovered wholesaling. So some local investors said, Kong, you're so good at finding deals. You're so good at negotiating. Why don't you just wholesale? And I said, I had no choice. So I had to figure out the game, how to wholesale. It was, you know, find a distressed property, put the property in the contract, sell a contract over to a house flipper. And I, at the time, I already knew a bunch of investors because I, you know, I did the whole fix and flip. So I found this property. It was listed, and then it got taken off the market. It's called uh, expired listing. I send a letter to the seller saying, hey, my name's Kong. I want to buy your house. I want to make you a cash offer. She called me back, negotiated back and forth, met her at 
I met her at McDonald, put the property in the contract, find a buyer in two days, Jim, sold the contract over to the buyer and made $28,000 in 15 days. Wow. And that was a game changer, man. And so I shut down my fix and flip operation, went go all in into wholesaling. And then, you know, when maybe in a, a, about a year and a half, I was making six figure a month. Then I discover after that, I got a, you know, seven VAs. I got team system process in place. So I was making six figure a month and I was only working like an hour or two a day. And then I discover Gary V talks about building a personal brand, creating content on social media. So I started my whole, you know, con creating content about six and a half, six years ago. And I remember launching my first YouTube video and got one view, one subscriber. And I said, oh, shit, this better not be my mom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, lo long story short, now I'm at four. Now, I guess all together, all my social media combined, I have about over four million followers. And now, you know, obviously it helps me create multiple stream of income. So combined with all my businesses, we're doing about 350000 a month right now. That's awesome. We Thanks. There's a lot to unpack there. So let's yeah. start. Okay. Let's sure. start in the important things. Um, sure. So one of my favorite foods in the world is pho. So, oh, yeah. But I'm one of those guys, can't, I can't use chopsticks. But oh, no. I love to go to the place that I go to. All the Vietnamese people go to in my area, right. they're gonna flip. like this is the place, right? And it's not fancy, right. but it's the, the broth and she puts the, the femur bone in there and the, and the bone marrow, I mean, it's so good. But I watch, right? And I watch with the chopsticks. And I, I'm so, I, I have chopstick envy because you can put in the spoon all the right stuff with the yep. chopsticks. With the fork, it's more like I'm, Twisting and twisting and twisting, trying to get it in there. Then the jalapeno, then a little meat, then some other vegetables, and it's hard. Yeah. So I love pho. I go good, man. Good, yeah. Jim. It's because if you don't like pho, dude, then uh, we can't hang. <laughs> you know what's funny is I take a lot of people to that restaurant, and it's amazing how many of people go, "Huh, it's okay." It's like, no, no, you didn't do it right. Yeah. You gotta get the right stuff in your broth. You gotta get, you know, you, it's yeah, just you, gotta didn't be right. it. you didn't make it spicy, number one, you know? But I was turned on the pho. I grew up in Los Angeles. I dated nice. a Vietnamese girl who, nice. because it was right after the Vietnamese Vietnam War, yep. she told everybody she was Hawaiian. But uh, her name was Win, right? Which yeah. is spelled like W I N. Right. You know, but it's like, that's like Jones in Vietnamese, right? Yeah, pretty much. Nobody, you know, I mean, I didn't care that, I mean, again, the governments are governments, right? And, but, so I fell in love with pho because her mom could make some pho. It was amazing. Let's so, go. Okay. All right, now we'll get back to business. I, you know, I thank God I just had lunch so that I'm not, not going to have to drive up and get pho. But so, man, I love stories like that. Here's the thing, you know, I grew up in a all, uh, I was the only white kid on my football team and most of the people in my area were African-American. And I was always impressed. This may get me in trouble, may not. But I was always impressed with all in Los Angeles, the liquor stores, which is where you would go get a Coke. Okay. It's not right. just liquor. It's like a convenience store back then. But they were always owned by Asian people. Yep. And, and, and then people would get mad. They own the business. No, they're the ones taking the rest. They're, and like you said, I remember at this one store that I went to all the time, they lived in the back yep. until they had a Mercedes. And then all of a sudden they're living in Torrance 
from Inglewood to Torrance is like night and day, but they did what they needed to do. And I've always been impressed with that immigrant mentality. <clears throat> and it seems to really be that, you know, and, I, and again, if this sounds bad, it sounds bad is Asian immigrants just have this work ethic and this drive that is, is something to learn from. Like, okay. I mean, I, I you know, I mean, I grew up in, I'm, I was adopted, everything else. I'm so, I get to adopt, even though I don't look like I'm Vietnamese and I don't look like I'm Mexican, but I adopt these cultures and I take yep. the best, leave the rest because I don't have one right, that I know of. And so I've always really respected that. So your story, I love, love that story. And I, and I love that you figure it out because if you don't, if you're not, we're motivated by two things. Tony Robbins says, right? Pain and pleasure. Pain is the stronger motivator. It's what motivated you. And you figured it out, right? And you figured out, wait a minute, I just made more than I'm going to make in my J-O-B for a year yep. and 15 minutes. Yep. And that freeing revelation, and thank God that that was revealed to you, made all the difference in the world. That one moment, right? So now you broke away. You see, you know, you know how to do that. You did it. You're doing it. What do you see, King, that most people, why they don't break away? I mean, even people that you talk to that are reading your stuff, you got all these followers. Like, what do you think is holding people back? You know, Jim, before I answer that question, I want to go off of what you said about immigrants. You see, yeah. I, I think the reason why immigrant, we come to America and we grind, we work so hard, bro, is because we saw what the on the other side of the world is, right? We see how hard it is, right? Like people in my country would have to work 10 to 12 hours a day, bro, just to make 15 to 20 bucks a day, yeah. all right? And then over here in America, you can flip a burger for one hour and make that amount of money. So yeah. when we come over here, we're like, dude, this is easy money. So my parents, my parents worked 10 to 12 hours a day. It was a piece of cake. It was to them, it was like easy, right? Yeah. And then, but for people in America, they never saw the other side of the world. So they yeah. never understand how hard it is to make an extra five bucks or an extra $10, right? So that's why when immigrant, we come over here, dude, we're just willing to hustle because we see the opportunity, right? And, yeah. you know, my whole thing, Jim, is... You're either making money or you're making excuses. If you see someone has a successful restaurant, you can do it too. But the reason why you're not is because you're not willing to take the risk and you're not willing to put in the work, right? Yeah. So for me, you know, people that get into the wholesaling game or any business, Jim, it doesn't matter what business. You know, the, the only, for me, Jim, for people to change in life, there's only two reasons. Why people would change their health their business career, whatever it is, the only reason why someone would change is because they're unhappy or unsatisfied. Now, when we talk about business, it's because maybe they see an, a better opportunity that will make them more money, less effort, right? And then they'll let the other one go, right? So they switch from one business career to another one is because they see a better business opportunity that will make them more with less work, less effort. That's why they let the other one go. Or they're not pay, focused on more putting more attention on it but the regular people you know just work at a jail to be and now they want to become like an entrepreneur build their own business in this case i'm talking about wholesaling real estate the reason why jim is i think people don't want it as bad that they say that they do you know there was a quote from eric thomas i don't know if you know eric thomas but he said 
You know, he said, when you want success as bad as you want to breathe, that is when you become successful, my friend. Like, if you don't want it that bad, I don't care what you do and I don't care what you say. You can wake up and do all the affirmations you want, baby. Right? But at the end of the day, if you're not putting in the work, if you're not committed to it, all right? And if you're not just willing to push through the pain, you ain't going to do it, my friend. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. I mean, it's funny because, again, in U.S. standards, I grew up poor. I was homeless at one point in time. But I saw I, I, at 13 years old, I was swinging a hammer in a casket factory. And I saw the owner of the business come in, you know, during the day. This was during the summer but when, I was, when I was in school, when I wasn't in school. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm swinging a hammer. The owner of this business comes in for a couple hours and then leaves. And he lives in Palos Verdes. I live in Inglewood. Like, okay, I got it, right? Own a business, right? But I feel sorry for people that don't have adversity, that haven't gone through adversity. Because, you know, if you're born at the 26th mile marker of a marathon, you can roll to the finish. You don't have to get up and run. And I feel sorry for that because one of my favorite quotes is adversity introduces a person to themselves. Mm. And you said that in your opening remarks in your story is you had to come to grips with, oh, crap. Like, one, I found the girl of my dreams, right? I want to get married. And, you know, that motivates us, too, because we want our girl to be happy. And we want to provide and we want to have a family. We want all of these things. And you had this pressure of, Hey, you're not going to, you don't want to be a doctor. Hey, you don't want to do this kind of traditional stereotypical thing. And you know what? It's hard to break away from that traditional thing because if you became a doctor and you're an orthopedic surgeon and you're making a million and a half, two million bucks a year, whatever it is, is, you know, everybody goes, man, he's killing it. That guy's got to figure it out. But you're also a slave. You're a financial slave. Yep. Because maybe you can talk about this. Nobody was going to teach you what you learned in school, right? No school, zero. There's no school. And everything that we've been taught about money is wrong. And it's all designed to control us. So talk about like what you do with your students, with your community to help change that paradigm and like maybe give me a success story or two. Yeah, Jim, could you explain it a little bit more so I can understand? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Just- yeah, so what, what, you know, like, okay, so you, like, talk, I mean, people come to you to learn how to do this, right? Yeah. And so maybe give me one or two stories of them coming to you and learning how to do it. And just, you know, like um, a success story, like, hey, I had this student, this is a little bit about their background without using names, and this is what they did, and six months later, here's what they were doing. Because I think sometimes the reason that your story is powerful, the reason I tell my story is because I want people to say, if they can do it, I can do it. Right. Right. And so like when they hear, because one of the things that I would say is if I want to know how to do what you've done and, you know, look, all I got to do is figure out what I want and find somebody who's got what I want and then do what they did. Yep. But better yet learn from them directly and improve it. Right. Yep. I mean, that's what I love is I want, you know, I know you would too, is, is, I, is somebody come back and say, 
Again, I took all of your stuff that you taught me and now I'm making $500,000 a month. You'd be proud, like, yep. you know, like a proud papa, right? Yep. So that's what I mean. Like just maybe an example or two success stories. Sure, Jim. So, you know, for all my students that comes and wants to join, I always tell them, number one is that do you have to work ethic? Because this is not easy, right? Yeah. Like, I, like I, I let them know. Like for me, Jim, dude, I'm straight up. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'll let you know, dude. But do, are you ready to be the 1% earner? Like, yeah. like, so which means you have to do things on the day that you don't want to do it. And you have to commit. Because nothing works if you don't. Like this is not the, oh, yeah, Kong, I want to jump on and I want to try. Dude, it ain't going to work. You got to be like, dude, you, you got to say, Kong, this is what I want to do. And I'm willing to commit. And I know I'm going to put in a lot of work. Because I know this is not easy. Because I want things that other people don't have. I want to make the kind of money that n majority of the 97% you know, cannot make. Then, dude, then you must be willing to do things that other people won't willing to do. So which means you got to be grinding on the weekend, grinding in the holidays, right? Grind three to four hours after work. So, you, dude, you hustling. All the dang time. So yeah. I say, do you have that? And if you can't commit, dude, for at least a year, then don't even bother. Because this is not a get rich quick, right? Yeah. Dude, because no matter, Jim, my whole thing is, I just want to be straightforward, man. No matter, even if you hire Jim or you hire whoever it is to be your mentor, you still got to put in the work, my friend. Yeah. Right? Because nothing works if you don't. So... I got a student comes on and, you know, my, my whole thing is he's like, Kong, for 2023, I want to make $100,000. I said, fantastic. Just with now, I'm not saying that this happens to everybody. Probably not. But he was the 1%. He was grinding 10 hours a day. For the next 30 days, he got one prop and a contract. He ended up closing on it and made $117,000. I think it was in 60 days. Mm. I said, dude. You can take the whole entire year off now. He said, no, I'm going to reinvest it back into my marketing and I'm going to hustle some more. A lot of time, Jim, that like most entrepreneur, when we hit one milestone, we don't take a break. We're like, because we saw what's possible. We're like, dude, let's make another hundred K or let's make another million. It's just one, one go after another one. Yeah. There's a little pamphlet that Albert Gray wrote. And it's the common denominator of success. Mm. And you know what the com and what he says is successful people do things that unsuccessful people either can't or won't do. 1, but he really boils it down to successful people make a habit of doing things mm. that other people don't like to do. Mm. Like people don't like to call somebody and say, hey, I would like to buy your real estate portfolio. Or buy your house, like what right. you said, right? Right. Hey, that that people don't want to do that. Yep. Right. They don't like to do that. But successful people make a habit of doing things unsuccessful people either can't or won't do. They don't like to do. And you know the key is, and I sense this with you, and I want you to talk about this is you like to do it. And so in the opposition, in the struggle. Learning to like the opposition and that process is key to success. Talk about that. Because I can tell you from your enthusiasm, you like doing the things that other people don't like to do. Well, you know, you, know you like to do it. Yeah. So, so the thing with me, Jim, is there's two types of people that I just hate. 
One is lazy people. Those people are hopeless, right? Number two is excuse maker. You tell them to do something, they make excuses. To me in life, Jim, you're either making money or you're making excuses, period. Like, if the people that are making money, I promise you, they're not making excuses, right? They always trying to figure shit out, right? They own up. And then if they don't have it figured out, they'll try to find a way to do whatever they needed to do, but they will not make excuses. It's always, dude, it's always the brokey, Jim, that make excuses. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. Dude, I don't have the time. So, I, you, okay, so Jim, I went to Jack in the Box and I ran into a fan, someone that followed me is on TikTok. Yeah. And I said, hey, so basically they're like, hey, you know, Kong, I'm tired of working here and this and that. And I said, well, you know, have you looked into wholesaling? And then he's like, I don't have the time. I said, well, wait a second. If you knew that you can make $10,000 a month, would you make the time to do it? He said, yeah. But the reason why he's not doing it, because he doesn't have the confidence or the belief in actually making it happen, putting in the work. Yeah. Yeah. See, when people say that they want a gym, they only want it if it's easy and it's convenient. Oh, I'll go to the gym. If da, 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 da. I'll do this if it's within my time. Dude, no, bro. So for me, Jim, whatever is your priority, if your priority was to get rich and become financially free, I promise you, you do not care about a brand new car. You do not care about vacation trip. You do not care about hanging out with your brokey friends. All you focus on is getting that money because that is your priority. But if your priority is like, hey, you know what? After work, I just want to relax. I just want to chill. I, I, I just don't want to. Dude, then obviously everything else will go in the back burner. And yeah. for me, Jim, it's for me, Jim, like, did I like cold calling? No, I hate it. Do I like, dude, like a lot of, like, I hate it. But I knew I had to do what I had to do to get to where I wanted to be. If I want to make money, when I first started, I got a cold call. I got to call realtor. I got to network. I got to drive an hour and a half away to go to this event and learn from other people. Do I want to do it? No, I hate it. I'd rather just stay at home, watch TV. I'd rather just play video game. You guys don't think that I want to go and, and have fun and enjoy? I do. But for me, it's all about delaying instant gratification. It's doing whatever you need to do right now to provide for the family. A lot of, see, Jim, a lot of people said, you know, rich people are selfish, but I think it's the brokey that are selfish. All they cares about themselves. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to go on vacation. Well, what about your parents? Why aren't you go out there and make a lot of money so you can take care of them? They are the one who gave you life. And then what about your wife? Right? Yeah. Like, dude, like for me, like, Jim, I grew up in a family where I was raised up, dude. Like, as a man, you are a provider. You make sacrifices for your family. Your family goes first. You each. You suck it up. You suffer. But you do not let your family do it, man. Yeah. So, so for me, it's not about one or not wanting to do, man. It's you just have to do what you got to do to get that money, man. Period. Yeah. No, I love the message, man. And I love the enthusiasm. And I could probably talk to you for hours. But my, you know, they told me that after, you know, 20 some minutes, everybody stops listening. But if you yeah. turn this off, but I don't know how you turn it off because I love the enthusiasm. I love, oh. you know, people, the, you know, the American dream, you're the American dream, man. Oh, thanks, Jim. That happened. So along the way, what was the best advice from, that anybody ever gave you? You know, the best advice that someone gave me, Jim, is you're not going to get rich by working at a J-O, the B. <laughs> That's a great advice. Everybody, and everybody that got rich, Jim, has a plan. Yep. Nobody got rich by accident. No. People that win a lot of ticket, 
their plan was to win a lot of tickets. So they so they out buying the Powerball every day or every Friday. I don't know. Yeah. But everybody that got rich, my friend, has a plan. Yeah. So the question is, what is your plan? And a plan without action is just a wish. So yeah. you got to come up with a plan and you got to put in action. And the thing is, Jim, I just watched someone on YouTube, on TikTok and he was saying, you know, I always knew that I was going to be rich. Let me be real with you. If, I'm si- if I sit here and I tell you that I knew that I was going to become a millionaire and I'll become rich, I'll be lying. Dude, when I was living in a shed behind a mobile home park, I was making $8.50 an hour. If Jim would have come up to me and say, Kong, you're going to become a millionaire one day, dude, blah, blah, blah. I'll be like, come on, man. Get out of here, fool. Yeah. Like, Alon and I didn't know. We didn't know. Like, I, dude, I would never imagine one day that I'll wake up and be able to drive a Ferrari. Like, I don't know. But one thing that I did know, Jim, is that Lon and I wanted to be financially free. And yeah. I didn't want to be stuck at a jail to be until I was 65. That's all yeah. I knew. Yeah. But, I, but, but did I know how everything was going to play out? No, I don't know. It was just one, one day at a time, one step at a time. But we knew that if we spent our money on buying stupid shit, like designer clothes, trying to look rich, that we'll end up being a little bitch, which means you end up being stuck at the jail with the bee for the rest of your life, yeah. right? So we knew we had to be frugal with our money. We can't be out there flashing, buying stupid shit, right? Brand new car, nice apartment. That's what gets you guys, that's what get a lot of you guys broke, man. It's yeah. because you're out there trying to look rich instead of freaking get rich. Because when you try, your focus is getting rich, I promise you, majority of your life when you're starting out, you're living poor. Poor. Yeah. Well, and it motivates you, right? It, because you want those things, but, you know, you're not going to be foolish about how to get those things. Right. You know, in California, when I grew up, there was a lot of people living in apartments driving 7 Series BMWs. I know. And, uh, and that still happens today. And what's funny about that is, like you said, I mean, if you take care in the beginning, the end will take care of itself, right? Yep. And I really, I, I love that message and I love that advice. All right, Kong, the last question I've got is before we give everybody the information on how to get a hold of you and um, how you work with people and all that, is if God came down from heaven, only allowed you to retain the knowledge that you've received from one book, what would that book be? And I know a lot of you probably already read this book, but it's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's the book that changed my whole entire life. Because if this doesn't change, I promise you, nothing in your life will change. You know, it's so true because, you know, one of the things that we do this podcast, our outro is Earl Nightingale and the Strangest. I love him. And it's whatever you think about, you will become. Mm. I love Earl Nightingale, yep. Think I'm fat, out of shape, poor. You're going to become all of those things. Right. And if you think I'm beautiful, I'm in great shape, I'm wealthy, you're going to become those things. And we all get negative thoughts. But right. the best analogy that somebody ever told me on those thoughts is when they come, imagine they're on a highway. They're just like, they're gone. Right. Yep. In and out. So anytime the negativity or doubt creeps in, you just get rid of it. And you know, I love the way that you're talking about, like, so here's my book that's coming out. And that's, oh, I love it. It's a, I, I guess I don't have my camera make right. Bank. Make bank. But without the bank. Right? I love it, Jim. Yeah. I and, love it. Uh, that's coming, a great title, man. Yeah. And, you know, I learned, I did, I was a Wall Street guy for 15 years, Carl. And wow. I realized I wasn't making anybody rich. Maybe me, right? But I wasn't helping other people get rich. And I figured out that it came down to two things. 
owning businesses and real estate. And also then I learned how to control the banking function in my life because there's no business in the world that's more profitable than banking. So we should all be our own banker. Everybody, I don't care how much money you have, even if you're making 15 bucks an hour, you should still don't give interest and don't have lost opportunity costs, you know, recapture all of that. But okay, so I want to encourage everybody to learn because I guarantee you, I already know, I don't even have to ask. I guarantee you there's more free stuff that Kong's given away than you can imagine. And you can get a heck of an education. And I want to encourage you that if you're serious, then get involved with one of his programs and dive into the river. You won't let yourself drown. Just get started. So how do they get a hold of you? And what's the best way to engage with you? Yeah, you know, the best thing is just fo- you can follow me on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, wherever it is, just at Real King Kong. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. And I, you know, I love that, you know, the TikTok stuff because, you know, Thanks, I'm a 58-year-old guy. I'm an old guy. I can't tell you. You look great, man. Bro, you. you look great. Thank you. But, and so, like, uh, I'm going to, I am, I, uh, Aaron, uh, I don't know, I'm drawing a blank on Aaron's name from family marketing guy. He'll, maybe he's going to get me on TikTok because he's uh, going to take over my marketing stuff. As, nice. Uh, well, Jim know, told me I got to lose 20 pounds. No, he, no, Jim, the next time when we meet at the family mastermind, man, let's do a TikTok together. Let's do it. All yep, right. For sure. All right. Sounds good. All right, audience. You know, like I said, I can talk to Kong forever here and you know, your enthusiasm and oh. your positive outlook is infectious and i encourage everybody to get on TikTok and follow you and and let that drip into your brain on a daily basis and thinking of dripping into brains we're going to wrap it up like we always do with the incredible words of earl nightingale take it away earl here's the key to success and the key to failure we become what we think about now let me say that again We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.